Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you doing today? Jeremy, I am fantastic. How are you, man? Not too bad. We were just talking here. It's a blue sky and the snow is melting. And hopefully by the time people are listening to this, all their snow is melted as well, too. Yeah, I, I've got just a wee bit in my front yard that's just in the shadow of the house. But sure. uh, other than that, yeah, it's it's all gone from the streets and rooftops. It's it's kind of nice. Well, we're sticking with the, the snow thing. We got uh, someone from the Northeast joining us. We got Bill Harris. He's an advisor with WH Cornerstone Investments, which is on the South Shore in, in Massachusetts, South Shore, Boston there. Interesting thing, we'll bring Bill on in a second, but we have quite a bit in, in common and never met him before. And here we are talking about a month ago, and it turns out there's a, a, a few good things in common. But Bill, why don't you say hi and tell us a little bit about yourself. Good morning. So again, Bill Harris, and I'm actually... My office is, as you mentioned, the South Shore of Mass, but I actually took a, I'll call it a workation this year. So I'm out on the island of Nantucket for the winter. The reason why we came out here, my wife has some family, but in retrospect, I don't know why we didn't go to Hawaii or some other island, but anyways. Yeah, so what were you thinking? I'm, yeah. out, I'm about 30 <laughs> miles out to sea in the Atlantic Ocean right now. So there's not oh too goodness. much snow, but, but we get plenty of weather. I wow. believe that. Yeah, if you didn't know that uh, Bill is from Massachusetts, you can hear that by his accent. Just a wee bit. And was, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we're, we're mostly... I like to say uh, we, we're, we don't have accent. Everyone else does. That's right. That's exactly it. <laughs> well, I was telling our connection here in, in a way is uh, I was talking with Bill. I said, I, I love hearing the accent. You're bringing me back to home in a way. I'm out from Maryland, mostly originally uh, with my dad being in the, from the military. And my college roommate was from Haverhill, Massachusetts. And Bill, you said to me, my college roommate was from Haverhill. Yeah, small mm. world. Yeah, small world. Not the same Jeremy, person. Jeremy, kudos to you to, for pronouncing it properly. Most people would say Haverhill, but it, it's Oh, Haverhill. yeah, no, it's, it, I learned quickly it's uh, Haverhill. I just loved it that within about a week, I was talking about my computer when I had John as my, my roommate. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, fun stuff. Well, we're not here to talk about our old college days. I'm, I'm sure they were fun, though. We're here to talk about a book that Bill wrote, and that's how we got introduced, a book he wrote called The Widow's Guide to keep in more of her, her assets. Bill, could you tell us about, about that book? It's also called The Inheriting Your Spouse's IRA. I just keep seeing this come up more and more. Just I'll go into the demographics real briefly. I think we have $28 trillion in IRA assets, and we have, what, 70 million baby boomers. Average age of widowhood is 59. So we're just seeing this all the time. But the reason why I wrote the book is it's a little bit of a mission is we're seeing the transaction kind of get messed up quite quite a bit. And if you look at private letter rulings and tax court, you're seeing this situation pop up time and time again where just what to do when you inherit your spouse's IRA is often getting mishandled. As we all know, this generation isn't getting pensions. That old 80% of pay for the rest of your life is gone. It's the divine contribution plan. So these IRAs are huge pieces of people's retirement assets, and you don't want to make mistakes with it. So that's why we wrote the book. Yeah, you got it. It's a big deal what you're doing with your money inside your 401k, inside your IRA. Use some terms there that I hope no one has to deal with. Private letter rulings, tax court. I think that's what you're trying to help people avoid. Absolutely. Private letter ruling for, for something... If you have an IRA transaction, something goes wrong and you want to kind of get a private letter ruling through the IRS, it costs you $10,000 uh, just to file it. 
and then you're going to need legal help and probably a CPA as well to kind of get you prepped for it. So it's a big it's a big deal. And when you look at the number of them uh, that are showing up there, it's happening way too much. And so these are obviously you're not going to file a pi- private letter ruling for a thousand dollar account. These are obviously good size accounts that are having problems. And again, there's just a lot of misinformation out there. And so we want to make sure that uh, you know we can get the word out on what what they should be doing. Yeah, it's amazing. What I love as part of your mission is that your goal is to help educate both the public and other advisors. Uh, Interesting enough, so you're also a financial planner. So some people might say, why would you bring the competition in a way on your show? Well, we're here to educate people. You're here to educate people. And you've got just, I like how you wrote in your book. You said you're laser focused on tax, retirement, and estate planning for widows. So that's just uh, amazing. We want to help people out that are in this, this situation. Can you tell us how, how did you get into this this niche? How did you get into this focus on helping widows with their their choices? Yeah, I, again, I, I wrote about it in the book, and it was kind of serendipity in a way. I was in the institutional money management world, and I was getting my MBA at the same time. And one of the courses I took was a portfolio management course, and there was a case study in there called the Widow Whirl, and it was literally designed a portfolio for a widow, and she had two kids, and they each had special needs—not special needs as like a special needs trust, but they had different things that they needed. And so you had to design portfolios, and it really—I mean, this is the early '90s. It just opened my eye up, eyes up to financial planning, the world of financial planning. And soon after I took that course, I quit my job and started this firm. I wasn't solely focused on widows at first, but over time, that's where we try to focus on. We do work with other people as well, but our main focus is widows. Mm-hmm. And again, the demographics of it are, it's its overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. Well, we focus on retirement planning. And I think a lot of it, why we focus on helping people make those big decisions with retirement, you focus on helping people make those big decisions once they become widow. Uh, widowed is is exactly what you wrote in your book. I'm just going to read it here real quick, quick. Many decisions have to be made within a certain time frame. They often cannot be reversed. So you'll have to get this done right the first time or suffer the tax consequences. It's a huge deal whether you're heading into retirement or you're heading into, or you know, I guess you can't plan too much on becoming widowed. Although in a way you can, you'd expect, like you said uh, in the book, that if there's two of you, at some point, there's going to be one of you. And so planning ahead and getting ready for this, this situation is so important. Without a doubt, it is. And, and you mentioned the mistake and the irreversible, and I like to have a little visual. I mean, just imagine you squirt a bunch of toothpaste out of a toothpaste tube. You cannot get that back in. And this is kind yeah. of the same thing. If you make a mistake, it's very difficult to correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely it. Well, a few things that are so important, and we're going to make sure everyone can get connected to where they can get the book. Uh, for themselves, 151 pages. So this is full of great information. Love it. But there's a lot of terms and concepts you put in there so people can get better educated about what they're facing. A lot of charts and graphs, how to, you know, specifically, here's how you can do some different things. But one thing you put in there is the four options you can do when you inherit some money from uh, your account, uh, from your, your spouse. And one of them is an inherited IRA. The second one is spousal options. The third one is do nothing. And the fourth one is to let the estate inherit the money. Do you mind if going through just each of those areas and say, well, what, what might people consider when they're looking at those, those different options to, to inherit it? Sure. So inherited IRA, again, if it doesn't necessarily have to be a spouse. It could be anyone. So your, your, your uncle dies, he, you're a beneficiary, you inherit that IRA. You got to have to set up what's called an inherited IRA account. has to be titled a certain way. 
if you are a spouse or not a spouse, it, the required minimum distribution from that may be different. So that's, that's an inherited IRA. There's special provisions in the tax code for spouses, and one of those is what's called the spousal rollover. And it's essentially a spouse taking her deceased spouse's IRA and rolling it to his or her own IRA, essentially making it their own. The third one is remain a, remain a beneficiary or do nothing, and we call that just poor planning. People don't realize it's supposed to do something. It happens more often than it should. And But what eventually happens, it's almost the same thing as doing a spousal rollover. It becomes that person's own IRA over time if they do nothing. Mm-hmm. And the fourth one is inheriting through the estate. And again, this is a, a non-plan. This means someone probably didn't have beneficiaries named on their IRA, and it goes to the estate, and it can be disastrous, and you want to avoid that at all costs. So biggest lesson, number one, is make sure you have named beneficiaries on your IRAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. We just had a, a, a call in the last week. A client, well, it wasn't a client, they called. They basically, one big custodian took over another custodian. It was a simple IRA, and okay. they can't find the beneficiary, can't find the beneficiary forms anymore. And so they're forcing this this person to inherit through the estate. That's, oh. I mean, this stuff happens. So you got to check these things on a regular basis. Well, something that you mentioned to me in our call pre- previously was you're part of this group, the Ed Slot Elite IRA Advisor Group, and Ed's a name that I've heard of for for years. And part of your encouragement actually is uh, encourage me. I signed up and did his two day course. So I learned. I thought I knew a good amount about IRAs in general, but I learned way more than I thought was even possible about IRAs from his two-day course. But you go beyond that as being part of his group. Do you mind just sharing how this uh, elite IRA advisor group works? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And Jeremy, a little earlier you mentioned about like, why would you have another financial planner on your show? It's a tremendous industry. We all work together. And so there's a lot of, I'll call it, co-opetition, whatever you want to call it. We, we get along, we work together. And through that program, I have met so many advisors all over the country and, and a lot of people with certain specialties. So I'm, I'm a big believer in it. Ed Slot had a tremendous influence on me in writing this book. And, and uh, again, when I got into really the weeds of it, I was calling them and asking them questions. But it's pretty much a group, I'd say about, uh, I'm going to guess about 500 advisors. We get together a couple times a year and we literally look at tax court cases. And we look what worked, what didn't work, how, you know, how can we plan around this? So that's where I started to see these these issues with widows inheriting accounts, like, wow, this is big and people are just mm-hmm. missing it. So it's, it's, you know, it's just a great group to belong with and they have technical consultants. You can call them at any time with any questions. And so I'm a big believer in the program. You should join mm-hmm. my friend. I, yeah, I got, uh, I got a thought here. It's what coming up in a, a few weeks is one of their, their two day conferences. So I'm, this might push me over the edge is, uh, I love learning. I love education. You might've noticed that from the number of letters after my name in my, uh, my signature block. And you got a similar thing as well too. So you might just see me there at the, uh, at that group. I mean, yeah. to the lay person listening to me say, yeah, we go and we talk about tax court cases and we look at the, you know, it seems a total, total nerd speak, but you just see some stuff, you'd be shocked and uh, you really get better at your craft and you learn a lot. Yeah. That's the point is that the, the whole reason people hire advisors is to make sure that they are aware of all the different things that could go wrong or go right so that the, you can have the clients take advantage of it for sure. Well, another one that you have is this retirement management advisor, RMA, and that's part of the Investments and Wealth Institute. We've talked about that a lot on our podcast. I don't know if you do that, uh, Bill, but we've talked a lot about the Investments and Wealth 
uh, Institute and how much we are fans of those. But do you mind just sharing a bit what you what you go through with the Retirement Management Advisor certification? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'll kind of just a little chuckle. I was li- I was listening to your podcast and you were talking about Merton, the uh, Nobel Prize winner, and you said, eh, oh, yeah, Investment yeah. Wealth Institute, like we, we use this for all of our information. I was laughing because I do the same thing. I find it just a spectacular oh, magazine. Just get a lot of education from that as well. So that, yeah, again, I, I just, you have a lot of designations after your name and I, I think it's important to keep furthering your education. And I always say the CFP is like kind of a base level. It gets you to be in this industry, but you got to keep improving and getting better. And the retirement management advisor is really focused on the deaccumulation of the distribution side of retirement. Uh, again, it's just another great program that uh, I'm a part of. I don't necessarily go to get the, the three letters after my name. I go for the education. Well, that's exactly it. You want to be helping out your clients, and you've been in the industry for uh, quite some time. Same here, too. And with that, we've seen some some bad things, some great things. And part of your book, you talk about some of the benefits that are in the tax code to for widows to kind of be helped out in a way. It makes sense. It's, there's a, a big tragic issue here. So thankfully, there's some tax code benefits. But there's also some negatives and let's let's talk about the the bad stuff first let's go through you talked about this thing called the widow's penalty what can you tell me what that is when a spouse dies the way the tax brackets are it it, they're in they're going to be in a different tax bracket most likely uh, when they lose their spouse so their income may change like they may lose social security money but a lot oftentimes their income level is pretty close to where it was but yet they're going to be in a higher tax bracket so it, it starts they start paying a lot more taxes the first year they get a little bit of a reprieve but that second year when they file single they they feel they feel the pinch so it's a real thing and it, and people need to be aware for it and plan on it yeah basically the tax brackets can be cut in half so in a manner of speaking the taxes might might double maybe not quite exactly that way but just Think of it that way uh, visually since we're talking here on the podcast, but it's just uh, just amazing. It's not as if your income gets cut in half when the first person dies, although maybe it does. And even if it does, I doubt your expenses get cut in half. And so it's a, it's a big deal to plan for, especially when you're heading into retirement, not just what does this look like for the two of you, but what's going to look like for that, that second person that, that's still surviving, the surviving spouse, which is oftentimes females, oftentimes a wife in uh, the couple on there. So big, big deal stuff, this uh, widow's penalty. And that's beyond, that's even different than another one you mentioned, which is related to the spousal IRA, the inherited IRA. And we had somebody I met, uh, this is quite some time ago. They were 55 when I met them. They were widowed at about 10 years earlier. And she was going through talking about how she needed some different money. I'm going through her accounts and I'm seeing that she had taken over. She had taken over and turned his IRAs into her IRAs. That's what the prior advisor had done. And I just, I couldn't believe it because that was just a situation. Here she was 45 and taking the money into her own name was a, a, a big, horrible help uh, that the, the advisor had done. Can you tell me more about what was that? You even had a, an example of a hundred thousand uh, dollar misstep because of uh, somebody that, that happened to you. Again, this is kind of what really inspired the book was that that decision is probably where the biggest mistake is made. It's made with younger spouses. They they are misinformed that they should do a spousal rollover. And what happens is when they do that, if they're under age 59 and a half, if they take money out of it, they're going to pay income tax, obviously, but they're also going to get hit with a 10% penalty. If they had moved that to an inherited IRA, they wouldn't have that issue. They could pull money out, not pay the 10% penalty. 
Another special provision for spouses is that they don't have to take RMDs unless their spouse would have been taking RMDs. So they can avoid taking RMDs as well. So they don't have to do it. So mm-hmm. we're kind of getting into the meat of the book. And it really is like if you're under 59 and a half, you want to move it to an inherited IRA. If you're over 59 and a half, move it to your own IRA. But this is the problem and you dealt with it. Someone told them to roll it to their own and, and they're, they're paying for it. Yeah, I can't blame a client if they do that on their own. How are they supposed to know all this kind of stuff with an advisor? That's just somewhat lazy or misinformed, like you said, to say, oh, it's easy, just roll it over into your own name. And uh, that that was not uh, the best advice for them. We were able to help them out of it because we were able to do some financial gymnastics in a way to say, okay, we'll move things here, do this. There's some different rules that can apply. But life would have been so much easier for her if, if they were just in that uh, inherited IRA account as opposed to the, the spousal IRA. You know, we're both professionals, but I, I, I see the problems, and I don't mean to pick on the, like the big wirehouses and even the banks, because people, people in our industry think, oh, everyone has their money in mutual funds, but there's a lot of people that have IRAs that are at the bank. And again, it's just people, they, they're just not trained, they're not specialists in this area, and they say, oh, just roll it over to your own IRA. They don't realize what they're doing, and so that's why, you know, this book is out there. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's not even... Another somewhat similar situation is we met someone, she was about 50 years old. She had been divorced and she had the 401k. She came to us and said, okay, I got this 401k from my husband. I need to put this into an IRA in my own name. And I said, absolutely not. You're 50 years old. You can keep this here in the 401k, zero penalty until you're 59 and a half. It's just going to work out a lot better for you. If you take it over into your own name, then you get that 10% penalty. So basically the same situation uh, but just a different approach or a different reason why the person had got to that got that point, which is huge, huge differences why you need not just an advisor, but a specialist advisor like you're talking about. We talked about some of the bad things that are out there. Maybe uh, hopefully scared some people into reading the book and, and talking with an advisor that knows what they're, they're specializing in, what they're, what they're talking about. In the book, you mentioned about a few different things that can be to the widow's advantage if they're able to take take advantage of it. Do you mind sharing a little bit of that, some of the things that the tax laws have written in that just try to help out and ease the burden of uh, becoming widowed financially? We talked on one of them already is the, 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 the inheriting spouse really doesn't have to take required minimum distributions until either their spouse would have been, I, I think I might've said 70 and a half really, but it's now 72 since the secure. Yeah, it so. just changed, right? Til, yeah. Yeah. Till age 72. And again, once they get over the age of 59 and a half, they can just roll it over to their own spousal IRA and then they won't have to take any RMDs until they'll be 72. So that's a big, big benefit. Off the top of my head, I'm kind of stuck on what other ones I, I had in the book as far as benefits. Uh, it's such a tough situation. Well, there's certainly no benefits to being uh, being widowed, but I know in there you put in some things on how, thankfully, if you are widowed in a particular year, you get to uh, file as a married filing jointly for that that year. On yeah. There. So the first, yeah. So the first year you're married filing jointly before you go. So you get that the first year exemption. You get stepped up in basis on assets. Yeah. That's yeah. Life insurance is a big deal. A lot of people don't realize that's another tax-free vehicle that you get. So th- there are certainly benefits out there. Yeah, and that's exactly it. There's benefits or negatives in the tax code. Just planning for it, work with the specialist is the, is the way to go. Well, wonderful. Well, Bill, I've certainly enjoyed learning a bit from talking with you, and I'm, I'm sure our uh, listeners have done done the same. Is there anything we didn't ask that we, we should have asked? No, I just want to reiterate again that age 59 is kind of the, the trigger time. So if you're under there, 
put it into an inherited IRA if you're over that, roll it over to your own. And then uh, I think one area we, we might have skipped over a little is kind of the gap period. People don't realize yes. that um, you have some time up until September 30th of the year after the year of death where you can kind of do some planning. And it all revolves around whether you're taking required minimum distributions. And if there's other members that are beneficiaries on that inherited IRA, people don't realize these accounts can be split, beneficiaries can be paid out. So there's a lot of planning that happens during that time period. I'll give you a quick example and then I'll kind of wrap up. But if you have your spouse in a charity, uh, that can really impact how that, that IRA is going to be distributed. Again, you can pay out the charity before that date, and then you have a sole spouse beneficiary, and then she's going to be afforded all the tax benefits that are in the tax code for her. So you want to pay attention to that period. Yeah, definitely. I, I like what you said there, too, that there's there's really no very big rush on it. You've got at least nine months, maybe a year or more, to make a lot of these decisions. That's probably one of the first things we tell people when they become widowed or maybe they have an inheritance that's coming on in is absolutely zero rush, gather up all the documents, all the information, work with an advisor, and then you can uh, make some decisions on it. Just recently, I, and I think I've said this before on a podcast, I had a, a relative who they were inheriting some money from a, a sister. And I said, exactly that. Just there's zero rush. Just gather up all the information. We'll walk on through it. Don't do a thing. Don't sign a thing. Just gather the information so you can decide what's what's best. And the next day, they give me a call and say, hey, we're at the bank. We're getting the check. Uh, what should we do with it? I said, oh, my goodness. Number one, did you hear a word I said 24 hours ago? And number two, when you're inheriting IRA money, there's absolutely no such thing as a rollover. And you mentioned that in the book. There's no such thing as this term called rollover where you could take the check and then go place it in a your own account or in a different account called an inherited IRA. Impossible. Can't do it cancel the check, get out of there. What are you, what are you doing? And I'm glad that you, you mentioned that in there, that there's all these different rules that seem uh, kind of go against a little bit of logic or what you might've heard about one thing just doesn't apply to the other one. So appreciate all the, the information you put in there, especially you've got a lot of charts. Like here is specifically how to go ahead and, and do that, the step-by-step instructions. And Jeremy, I can state that, that, that importance of waiting. We have had dealt with so many widows and they will say to us years later, you know, that first year, I don't even remember making any decisions. Like, they're just not in the frame mm-hmm. of mind to make big decisions. There are some, How can I'm you be? say, tactic. Yeah, you can't be. And so, and, and often huge mistakes are made during that period. So, yeah, you want to wait as long as you can. And again, I'm, I know I'm speaking to the choir, but you want to condition your, your married clients now to be prepared, fire drill this. It's going to happen at some point in time, and you better be ready for it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, wonderful, Bill. It's been great to have you on. How can people get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me through my website, whcornerstone.com. If you want the book, it's on Amazon. And again, it's called Inheriting Your Spouse's IRA, The Widow's Guide to Keeping More of Her Assets. It's on Kindle. I think it's $3. So it's, it's not a, we're not trying to make a fortune here. We want to get the word out. That's exactly it. And we'll make sure we've got a link to your website, a link to that book, and the show notes. I'm thinking, Eric, uh, you might have learned a thing or two there. I know I learned a thing or two. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... Bill, and, and I've said this to Jeremy before, I thanked him for what he does because he takes such good care of his clients. But Bill, where your heart is, I think more people need to be there. I think more people need to stand up and say, hey, this, is, this isn't this is a great situation, number one, just because of death and widowhood in, in particular. But I think a lot of rules could be also changed. I think there needs to be a little bit more 
uh, consideration taken when uh, when dealing with someone in this situation. So I love the fact that you're all about this. That's where your heart is and that's where your passion is. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing your information on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be here and get the word out. So thank you. Well, Jeremy yeah. always brings in fantastic guests and I know exactly why he brought you on because that's his heart is all about his clients and, and I just love working with him. So Jeremy, thank you for, for bringing Bill on. Obviously, this is a great podcast. Yeah, loving it. Well, thanks, thanks Eric, for uh, helping out here. And Bill, thanks for coming on the show. Great to, great to have you. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money, and you will make better money decisions. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.